Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Welcome to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. I am really, really excited to jump into conversation with our next guest, with our guest for today, um, and love, love, love to introduce you all to Lola Oleore. Hi, Lola. Hey, Jazz. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It's Saturday morning. Just had my tea. I just had lemon ginger green by the tea people, which was really tasty this morning. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm a, tea is like one of my love languages alongside cheese. So I Ooh, am literally yes. just like the tea people. I need to go and check them you out. You need to check them out. Really cool social enterprise as well. So 50% of um, the profits go to an education or um, kind of community that focus on tea. So it's really, really cool. Oh, I love that. Intentional purchasing people. That's it. We will put the links in the show notes for sure. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation, but before we do, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to our listeners today. Amazing. So hi, everyone. I'm Lolo Lore, as Jazz mentioned. Um, just a little bit about me. Um, I currently work in the tech industry at a global consulting firm as a product owner. So that's where I help clients build and launch uh, products into the market. Um, so whether it's across financial services, the hospitality industry or healthcare, um, I'm all about launching and building products with um, cross-functional teams. And what I mean by cross-functional teams is working with developers, UX designers, researchers, the different clients and stakeholders. So it's pretty a pretty cool job. Um, and especially when you see your product in the market, you're like, hmm, I built that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and aside from work, um, outside of work, I'm really passionate about, you know, inspiring the next generation of young people, especially women. Um, so I run a social enterprise called uh, Think Ambition, which supports 14 to 21 year olds um, through different programs, workshops, and we connect them to Fortune 500 companies. So right now we're working with Unilever, which is really cool. Uh, we've launched a mentoring program together, where it's a 10 month program for young girls to be inspired by women in tech again or the STEM field and then and prior to that I have previous experience in co-founding a community called Now You're Talking. Wow I don't even know where to start with all of that but I love it all because I'm also I'm, I'm biased as a fellow woman in tech for sure so yeah I just always start to imagine what it could mean if I had encountered tech before and from somebody who looks like us right um exactly. Because I, I probably say at that age, I knew of the careers that my family members were in, because you kind of know if you've got an uncle who works in IT and you've got an aunt who's an accountant and stuff like that. Um, but what would it have meant at 16 for me to see a woman in tech and exactly. to learn more about the careers and the opportunities there? Where, like, where did everything begin? Have you always worked in tech? What Was it connected to what you studied? What was that journey for you? 
No, that's a great question because I always inspired to be like an economist. Um, there was this lady I used to watch on TV all the time. She was like fluent in Mandarin, French, German. I was like, I want to be that type of person. Um, so then I ended up studying financial services at Coventry University. Um, I did that for two years, hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. And I think first year was going amazing. Like I was getting first class. I was like, okay, yes, I'm going to be working in the FS industry, financial services industry. Mm. And then when it came to second year, it was just really difficult because in university you have a lot going on with like friends, family, you're kind of lost in, in this whole sphere. So as I do as a, as a Pisces, <laughs> I ended up taking a gap year um, off university to just really understand what I want to do in life. Um, and in that gap year, I ended up working at the Royal Bank of Scotland um, for a few months as um, just a customer service officer. So helping with like transactions and things like that. But then I found an opportunity to go study in China for six months, which was super amazing. Um, it was by the British Council called the First Generation UK Programme. So it's kind of a UK and Chinese uh, relationship where they're trying to get more UK students to go to China to learn about the culture and education as well as learning Mandarin. So I ended up going to Fujian province um, for for six months learning Mandarin. So you can imagine 40 hours plus a week (laughs) learning Mandarin, (laughs) conversating in Mandarin, writing in um, pinyin or in the characters as well. So it was an amazing experience for me because I think Aside from going to your, you know, your typical holidays when you're 18, actually being mm. a 19 year old, going solo to China. So on a like eight hour flight by yourself with strangers, wow. <laughs> I was like, Lord, what did I get myself into? My heart was pulsating on the pain. Like, have I made the right decision? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. But as soon as I landed, I was just welcomed with open arms. Um, it was an interesting experience because the other students, there was around like seven other students there. Um, they were all from like Germany. There was one other person from the UK and someone from Spain. So it was mm. a really diverse group where you just met with people. But I was really hanging out with the Chinese students. They were really cool, loads of nice restaurants. So then after my gap year, um, that's when I got onto a program called Google Top Black Talent, um, which was selecting you know 13 individuals from across the UK to participate on this program where you were actually mentored by a Googler and that's when we learned about you know Google AdWords the whole tech scene kind of like became inspirational so during my gap year I applied for Accenture's grad scheme um, on the uh, technology delivery program Mm. and got onto it and that's a whole story in itself by going to an event networking with people and then getting support but got an offer from Accenture and deferred it for one year as I went back to university to complete um, my uh, undergrad degree, which I did end up changing to global business. So from finances okay. to global business. <laughs> well, after <laughs> six months in, or you know, that time in, in China, China. Yeah, switched it up because we global, girl. <laughs> we global. <laughs> Um, so ended up, yeah, studying global business. I actually moved to the London campus because I just wanted to be in London. There were so many events going on, people to meet. So I actually transferred to the London campus. During that time, loved global business, learned about marketing, HR, strategy, finance in a fun way, not in the way that we were talking about <laughs> in the other uh, program. So joined Accenture on their grad scheme and it was an amazing experience. We went to Madrid for like two weeks, learned about tech, um, being surrounded by senior people and your cohorts. And then I 
actually wanted to go into business development. Um, so my first study project was a business development program. So helping sell an internal tool within Accenture. After mm-hmm. that, I saw like my, you know, cohort being on like fun, cool programs in technology. So I was like, I want to try something techie. So that's yeah. when I also um, got onto Code First Girls, the um, beginner course, and learning about basic coding skills. And I was like, this is actually cool. Tech is cool. And I never knew about tech. I never thought I would actually be in tech. It's, it's not something that I always saw. And I know everyone always mentioned this, but when you think of a software engineer or someone in tech, you normally see like a white guy in a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. But Code First Girls showed that, you know, there's so many women in technology that have great skill sets, are successful. And that's when I started telling my, you know, my manager, you have like a, a coach within Accenture that, you know, I want to be on more tech focused project so I I moved on to start developing proof of concepts and that's when I found my passion for products because I was working with researchers across the globe we were launching like really cool products so that's when I decided to leave Accenture and move to a digital scale-up called and digital mm-hmm. and there it was purely products you know working with like a large client and um, hospitality client helping them with a digital transformation project which I led on half of the the uh, product on Mm. and then after that got headhunted by my current firm um, and then I'm there now working on an amazing project uh, which is a product that's going to kind of transform the banking industry and um, no it's a really good one and it's a a great learning curve as well (laughs) this current study as well so that's that's like kind of my journey into tech. Wow what I love about your journey is that there's almost this energy of just going for it, right? So seeing these opportunities for, you know, the the Google, uh, was it Google Black Tech Talent? Black talent, Top Black yeah. talent, like going for all of those things and just exploring and building on it. But it's so interesting because I think throughout it's just like following your curiosity, which I think yeah. is something that people kind of don't think that they're allowed to do if that makes sense like I'm not allowed to explore something new for six months or you know I'm not allowed to join a different type of company or even having that conversation with you know your coach manager or like the Accenture program to say hey I want to do more technical stuff like I almost feel like people feel like once you're in the door somewhere you're meant Mm. to just like follow the path that's in front of you instead of co-creating it or creating it for yourself Exactly. And something that we learned in, on the extension training that's always stayed with me is that you're the kind of like Picasso to your art drawing. So you are the owner of your destiny. And that's something that's always followed me. So, you know, my current firm is like, make it your way. Every company mm. I've worked at, they're always high. And that's why I really believe that when you join a company, you're also interviewing them. It's not, you're just there to work. It's like, what do you want to get out of it? What skills do you want to develop? And I'm kind of like a flow with the wind kind of person, but with strategy. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. if I see an opportunity, I will apply for it. So going back to the China opportunity, Prior to that, I had studied in China for three weeks, did the six months program, then got onto another program with LSE and Tsinghua University, then got onto another program, which was run by Iwu, um, Iwu uh, province as well. So even that, my love for China is still there. And if I find an mm-hmm. opportunity, I will still apply and try and go back and learn about, you know, Chinese way of doing business, global business, you know, how, you know, um, 
Alibaba is working, connecting, building your network. Because as I said, you know, we're only we're only in this life once, right? So you have to give it your best shot. And yeah. if you want to go global, you do it well and you 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 do it with all your might. So it's definitely yeah. going with that curiosity, but always having that strategic plan in the back of your mind. Like, how would this help me? It's not just applying for every kind of event, every <laughs> program, just to put it on your LinkedIn. Like, I've done this, 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 this. Where's it taken to you? Because as you can see, when I'm doing say in my story it all intertwines my passion for Mm. China and business my love for products my love for working for large organizations it's all kind of coming into play and it all sinks in if that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah. I think that that's so important because that's even something that when explaining my journey to people or working with people who are a bit scared to pivot, right? They've fallen out of love with their current industry or their role and stuff like that. And when I explain it to people, I say, look, at the end of the day, there's a reason why I leave each moment and go on to the next thing. And I'm very clear on what that was then and what it is now. And it's always me at the core. So for me, in a similar way for you, where it's been China, for me, it's been customer facing customer centric so whether I was in hospitality real estate and now again in tech it's all I love the customer roles I love to create a customer experience so that's been the huge thing and even when I describe it's funny when I meet people um brand new and you know I I explained to them that I run my business um as a coach you know it's a personal development company essentially um I basically like let them know I do the same thing, whether I'm doing it for my own business or whether I'm doing Mm. it in my day job, I jump on calls. I design training experiences. I empower people and I enable people in my day job. I enable people around the tool and using that to reach their goals. But as a coach, I enable people around their own insight and their own wisdom to then help them reach their goals. So where people kind of feel like, your career journey needs to be something that's super duper neat and tidy and it needs to be super logical. I a hundred percent relate to you when you were just like butterfly with strategy, because that's me, because it's still going to be me at the core and you're going to know that I still have a focus. It's just that I'm not afraid to do that and focus on that in different environments. Exactly. And I think sometimes it comes down to like your surroundings and people around you. So when I told my parents about going to China, they were they were fine with it because Mm -hmm. my sister had um, worked in Malaysia. She had gone to China for a few years. So they were comfortable with that. But when I told other people, they were just like, oh, my gosh, how is your parents letting you take a whole year out of university to go to China, work in the bank, do this? And I was just like, no, I think. You know, it's normal to do that. And I think it's kind of, especially with um, kind of like our race in terms of black people, it's quite difficult because oftentimes with these gap year programs, they don't know about them. They Mm. haven't met anyone who's gone on these gap year programs. Obviously back then I went to university in like 20 2012 but my gap year was in 2013 so it wasn't prominent to to be a black person going on a gap year program um out of the blue without a a proper plan um but now it's obviously changed um covid pre-covid anyway but it's always about taking the opportunity and that's why I say it's about surrounding yourself with people who are kind of enlightened about other things and not the stereotypical way and as you said people who have a neat career path you just kind of wonder what is their passion what are they doing in their spare time maybe Mm -hmm. they love their career don't get me wrong that it's a neat path this is the one that they want to go down but 
how do you really find your purpose if you're in one role for like obviously <laughs> with other people they've been in their career for 20 years but mm-hmm. how do you really find your purpose and one exercise that I did with a mentor was really defining who am I as an individual and it's a simple exercise it's literally writing your name down on paper and then anything that comes to mind when you ask yourself who am I how do mm-hmm. my friends describe me what does this look like how would how would my colleagues describe me and when you really write down everything you're just like wow your whole bubble of kind of experiences and values and things that you didn't even know about yourself so it's always about kind of doing that exercise and really understand who are you at your core and that will help Mm -hmm. define your career path your business or kind of like your hobbies and interests yeah yeah that's so funny because it reminds me of something that I said to you when we were preparing before we recorded where I said like Mm. there's there's no way to prep for this it's just a conversation (laughs) as long as you know yourself and there's no amnesia going on today we will be okay (laughs) recording it and I think as you said that that's what came to mind where it's like knowing yourself is the most important thing because it will a help you make decisions help you carve a pathway with less regrets help you to be more intentional and help you to get closer to the thing that fulfills you because it's exactly what you said like finding your purpose finding your pathway that finding is like a doing word but you kind of need to have a compass and that compass should always be us it shouldn't necessarily be I'm just going to google and do whatever google tells me to do I'm going to do no. this quiz this personality quiz and it's going to throw out the career that I should put to use no 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 ask yourself no. what do you like what don't you like what are you learning about yourself what are you learning and engaging with and I think it's so funny even going back to what you mentioned around gap years like even till today and this is where I have to check myself which is why it's so important to to meet people with different perspectives and experiences when I think gap yeah. year I think that's the thing that you do when you can afford not to work for a year and you go to Thailand Yes, that's what I thought as well. (laughs) That was my thing, right? And I went to university in 2008, right? The economy was a very fun place to be. But more than anything, it was just like, so first of all, I don't have savings like that to just be living like that. And I remember when I used to encounter those programs at university where they were like, yeah, you can do your placement internationally. I was like, what? Yeah. So there's a way to make this work where I can have a roof over my head but still immerse myself in the opportunity and you know I applied for some of them I never ended up fully going ahead to do them but one thing that I vowed to myself when I graduated is I want to work for a global company Mm. and that was another thing where I I graduated in hospitality so that meant you're working for a hotel chain let's work for a hotel chain work up way up so we can be on location and stuff like that and I, I shared this story to just let people know your career can take you around the world in the same way that your um, your leisure can. Exactly. I've been to Barcelona, Amsterdam, Dresden in Germany. I've been wow. to LA for work. This is, is imagine, I mean. and all expenses paid. All like. expenses paid, <laughs> and I'm immersing myself in the culture. The company that I work for is headquartered in San Francisco, and I remember wow. when I stepped off that plane. That was my two weeks onboarding. My first day was sitting in this building in San Francisco, and I was like, wow. I never. Why, how else would I have found my way here? And again, like I said, it, that for me was a moment where I was just like, I couldn't do it then, but I'm doing it now and I'm still doing it because I wanted to have a career that took me around the world, to engage with different people, to, to be that person, you know, with my little mini book, trying to get the phrases together and yes. sitting in a restaurant in Barcelona saying gracias and, you know, <laughs> like all of that. like Immersive, that. yeah. Immersing yourself into the experience. Seriously. Yeah. 
And I like your point about kind of mapping out your kind of interest to the jobs that you want. And as you said, Mm -hmm. working for a global firm can also take you to those places. So, for example, if you didn't want to take a gap year, but after university, Mm -hmm. as you did, you work for a global brand that you could probably do a secondment in a different country. You could Mm -hmm. work with people from different cultures. So it's all around what are your interests and tying that into your organization. Even when in my current firm now, we have like loads of interest groups from wine to golfing to hiking. And these are all of your interests interest in one place where you can meet other people who are interested in that so it's again what is your interest and how can you tie that into your organization and that's why I said I think I feel it's so important that you're interviewing the company as well it's not just they're interviewing me no how are you tackling this what if I'm interested in doing six months in Nigeria are you am I able to fulfill that if Mm -hmm. I wanted to take a sabbatical is that possible so things like these questions you should be asking during your interview process because gone are the days where like the company can pick you (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. you picking the company now because at the end of the day people can start their own businesses people can be a freelancer people can do their own things in a different country so now like you're interviewing them and that's how it should be and I would say that that's so important because that's something that I've seen even more so um I probably say working for the company that I have because we've got offices around the world and we've got that that like I said the the typical story your headquarters are in San Francisco you've got an office in New York one in London Singapore da, 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 da. and it made me realize that the market is so competitive that when it comes to the salary to a certain extent, we have an idea of the profile of a company and what they can afford for a certain role. Yeah. So I say that to say the salary is comparable. Mm. The products will be different, but the teams will be similar. You know, I, I went to LA for work. That was for our, you know, our sales kickoff. Wow. Tech companies yeah. of a certain size have that. It's an annual gathering of the company. We refresh our vision. We do training. We upskill. We do all of that stuff. Yeah. And I, when I entered that space, and especially walking the streets of San Francisco, I was like, so what, you all do these things. So the only thing that's going to be different is mm. the stuff that I need to ask you questions about. Exactly. Like, what does progression look like? How do you take innovation? For me, I have a whole business. How do you feel about that? Honestly, yeah, like, all of those sort of things. How can I show up as me? How can I be a culture ad? How can how can you also support me in that regard? Yeah. Everybody has a learning and development budget. Can I use it to learn how to speak another language? Can I, you know, and those become the nuanced bits where it's like, ah, so that's the difference. Like how yeah. creative will you let me be? That's it. Values. And curating the space you want as well, because say, for example, whilst I was at Accenture, you know, I was, I'm really big on social impact and mm. young people within organisations contributing to the company in a certain way. So there was this, um, I don't know if you've heard about it, One Young World, which is like a global kind of like the Olympics of young leaders. So every year they select a different country. So I've been wanting to go for like god knows how long and then when i actually joined accenture i was like "Mm, there's not one young world community here is is there something i can do and it's all about proposing something building a business case hey you know there's this organization called one young world they're really big on you know young people doing amazing things across the globe whether it's internally or externally how can my company kind of back young people in accenture to go 
to One Young World conference. And it was all about networking, making sure that I spoke to the right person within the firm, which was a senior managing director. Proposing the business case, what ended up actually was supposed to be sending two people to Colombia. It was a 40, 40 individuals from across Accenture offices globally coming together with like the chief HR officer. It was like all the senior directors coming into Colombia and back in this case. And if you feel your company's not or hasn't got an opportunity that you want to be in or developing, you can always propose something as well because there's a gap and you can be seen as leading that. You're taking the initiative to find the gap, to contribute to the company mm. and, and kind of fulfill your passion as well at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's so important because even, and I think this is something that we take for granted and I only found this out through building my own relationships with um, people and talent professionals, um, internal communication teams, HR managers and having candid conversations, it made me realise how much they want people. They want people to pitch them things and say this thing's going on because they they juggle so much Mm, (laughs) that they have all the intention to send people to conferences to upskill and empower different communities within the organizations to be even more accessible even more inclusive but they don't know how we want that to look until we set that meeting or we send that email and we say hey I've come across this it's really valuable experience or I went to it before joining here think it'd be amazing for us to take um, a subset of the team or all the graduates to be included on this and whatever it is and they love that because a it means that it's intentional and impactful B to a certain extent we end up doing the promotion right we round up the bulk who want to be involved (laughs) in it you know we we, we support on the admin side but from their point of view we make it easier for them to hit their objectives around corporate social responsibility around any initiatives that they want to do in a community because for better or worse there are economical benefits to organizations taking a responsibility environmentally, socially, um, even when we look at things like equity and, and um, just raising, raising awareness of certain things, you know, there's Mm. an economic side of it, but there's also a side where it actually ties into the company's values. I guarantee you everyone listening here, depending on the size of your company, of course, but you've got a value within your company values that speaks to you creating change or creating an impact so for you to come up with an idea for them to do that and again Lola and I are dropping nuggets here in it this is the language yep. that you should be doing that proposal <laughs> needs to tell them which value this conference exactly this event sits <laughs> under okay and what you're going to bring back into the organization from it you know yes what how exactly. that's going to support people to show up even more and again um yeah so it's important don't take for granted that um your ideas and your innovation is unwelcome. Yeah. Um, and the worst case is they say no. That's Especially it. And like, at least you say you tried. And sometimes if that director or individual said no, you can always go to another one in the different yeah. side of the business. So turn it into a not yet. No, tell me why. Oh, we've actually spent the whole budget for that for this year. Okay, great. When should I put in a time for us to discuss this again for next year? Because it's an annual thing. Yes. But this is what I mean. So like turn that no into a, a not yet. And if it is a straight up no, get the answer. Take that insight and understand, okay, maybe this opportunity doesn't align as well with their objectives. That means exactly. try and find something else that is hitting their sweet spot. So I could be like, oh, hi, I noticed you said the vision for this year is this. 
I have some ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Got some ideas. Bring your ideas, people. That's it. Shape it. Shape it the way you want it. A hundred percent. And so we've come to your whole journey, just taking all those opportunities um, and you're working on a really exciting project right now. And I just want to know in general, you know, what is your career teaching you right now? I feel right now, I want to take a step back because last year, actually, obviously in the midst of the pandemic, I was furloughed for a couple Mm -hmm. of months. So that was quite difficult for me because I'm normally this person that's always like out and about, like Mm -hmm. kind of like one of the top kind of associates or analysts in the firm, like on every project. And it kind of hit me, it kind of hit my, I don't know, can I say it hit my ego a little bit? Because I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, (laughs) a whole Lola is out of a job. furloughed and something that I never saw like me Lola as an individual actually going through so I also took that as well I could have been made redundant I could have actually just been out of a job so during that kind of like six months period whilst I was furloughed it was more about you know finding and defining who I am as an individual what is everything that I'm doing actually contributing to? And I know I do a lot of things. I've sat on the youth advisory board for a large uh, bank in the UK. I was a representative for the G20 Youth Summit in what was supposed to be in Saudi Arabia, but it was virtual. So all of these things I'm doing, like what is the purpose? And going to these events, networking, coming back to purpose again, why am I doing it? So I think that six months period was just a, a period of me reflecting on everything that I'd achieved, everything that I'd failed in doing and what I can do better going into my next career. So within this new role and new kind of career that I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking it a step at a time because I'm an ambitious person and everyone probably can see that. So when I'm normally in an organization, I'm like, I need to get promoted within like 18 months. I need to meet XXXX within like three months period. I need to make sure that I'm visible within the firm, but no, I'm taking a step back. I am taking every single day, digesting that, taking it in, learning. And I think um, even during my interview process, one thing that I mentioned is, is it's going to be a learning opportunity for me. I want to digest as much information from people that I'm working with, the organization, the clients, the industry. It's Mm. a year of learning and absorbing because I think before I was just on this fast track of go, 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 go. I need to be, you know, a director by 30. I need to do this by this time. I need to, and no, as as what last year taught us, you can't plan for anything. (laughs) You cannot, you cannot. And, you know, with my vision board, I've looked at it again and just like my career is so important to me however so is my personal life which I felt that it was kind of neglected during like the past couple of years um you know I'm a social butterfly from a professional network but socially socially I'm like I'm there for my friends and family but I don't think I was there enough especially learning that six months I'm like wow (laughs) hello (laughs) I can talk on the phone for hours now (laughs) so I think now what it's taught me is like really taking this work-life balance seriously and when I mean seriously it's like I work and learn and digest the information but I'm also ensuring that I take time out to message my friends even though I'm still crappy with responses is building that communication pattern um understanding my likes so recently I've just got back into baking so I'm baking like a cake every week the one that I baked this week is a lotus uh, biscoff cake and I can Ooh. share the recipe for that <laughs> it was very tasty 
<laughs> learning like culinary skills and um I have a certification in uh, wine so I have my level one wow. and I'm planning to do my level two so going back into my passions my hobbies and really reevaluating the things that I like going for walks every day you know taking the time out to to be with nature learning about sustainability as well so like this year I'm trying not to buy anything because I just believe consumerism is so bad right now and researching things like that making sure that anything I buy has kind of like a an ethical reason behind it. Um, so with my career, it's, yeah, digesting the information, learning, meeting people, learning about them, like truly learning about them, building a network and tribe of kind of colleagues who can back me, but also really understanding how can I in my organization be a vessel for change? I know like the UK is like very, how do I say, like not saturated, but kind of everyone is go, go, go. If I move to another office or another city, how can my skill sets and my expertise, my experience, my knowledge, my network help that city? And even if it's like a developing country, what can I do in that firm? If I wanted to take a sabbatical, what would I do during that time? So really planning everything in kind of a sequential way where it's like, I'm doing this for my purpose. I'm doing this because I want to inspire others, which I have been doing, but I think this year is more being purposeful about it and you know any study or project that I go on how's it contributing and impacting the audience or the 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 buyers or the consumers how is this industry actually helping so being more kind of diligent about what I'm picking and what I'm choosing to go on and and I think it's fine to do that so if you want to if you don't want to work in particular industries you can you can mention that you know I don't support this or if you um, really want to work on a particular industry whether it's healthcare or education like I'm I'm really big on education especially for my social yeah. enterprise so trying to get onto government and educational uh, studies as well to really drive my passion so I would say my career going forward is more purposeful it's Mm. not about being on this fast track to you know I need to meet this title because many people died last year and they were probably on that fast track and they you know you never know what they were thinking like did I do enough for myself did I did I really truly give my all and I think every day we just need to kind of factor that in and take a step back and pause 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 Mm. basically yeah pause taking a step back and pausing wow wow and thank you so much for sharing that because I think furlough forced a lot of people to like reevaluate um and check in and question and and I wasn't I wasn't furloughed um and again like I said there's so much to there are things to be grateful for in each circumstance and things to yeah. reflect upon in each circumstance because for a lot of us, our work is a huge part of our identity. And for mm. some of us, furlough taught us that actually we had made work our entire identity. Exactly. <laughs> so when somebody's like, <laughs> nobody logging in, Mm-mm. no ma'am, mm-hmm. no sir, do not do it. Um, then it's like, okay, okay. And I can imagine if I was furloughed, I'd throw myself, it would feel like six weeks holiday for maybe the first two to three weeks. Yes. You know, when you're just like, <laughs> I'm just out here cooking. I'm, I'm you know, calling friends, Barbecue. I'm watching TV, <laughs> I'm eating good food. I'm doing my yoga. I'm eating, all, you know, you do all of that. And then after a while, it's yeah. just like, okay, there's only so many TV shows that yeah. I can watch. Shandé. Exactly. I don't want to read books. I want to see people. 
yeah <laughs> you know it's all of that and I'm a I'm an extrovert I'm an extrovert but I'm I'm quite comfortable within the four wheels four walls of my home yeah um and I think that's just a blend of for me my experience with anxiety meant that I became quite comfortable being at home if that makes yes. sense so this yes. became my safe space so it meant in terms of furlough or you know lockdown remote working all of that stuff I kind of coped with it okay yeah until I didn't if that makes sense until yeah. it was just like no but I need to see somebody now yeah it's gonna be intense that I don't live with like <laughs> like I need I need more than this you know I've got a friend who had a baby she lives up the road and it oh, was wow. just like oh my gosh I still haven't seen your baby yeah crazy yeah and we're gonna go and do a drive-by this week I literally drive by like I remember walking to her house while she was pregnant and she had this fold-out chair and oh. we'd sit on two ends of her driveway and just chat wow. and it was just so lovely to see a human but of course you know you're pregnant yeah you, know, you weren't pregnant pre-covid so it's like you, you know you want to give all the pregnant women in your life all the cuddles and all yeah, of that stuff the and it's just like i just can't i could just be like can you just spin for me so i can appreciate yeah. this human that you're growing um but again social distance i had my little fold-out chair there she had her fold-out chair there and we yeah. were just like the neighbors are probably hearing this whole conversation but i don't care <laughs> the story so good to see you. it's so good to see you literally that or people drive into each other's houses and rolling down windows and being like how you doing you're right yeah you're right you're already dangling in the baby now like this the baby i know literally doing like a lion king out her window like yeah meets my child you know but even when you know for for my friend it's funny because in she put a Uh, a picture in the whatsapp group and she was just like his face because he was born in lockdown and this is our first time going to the doctor so i popped him in the buggy and we're going out and he's looking at me like what is this place that you've taken me to because he's never seen outside wow so he's just like what are all these things what is that above what is (laughs) like what is all of that so um yeah so many learning moments Seriously. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, And just everything that you do in terms of your journey, you know, where can people connect with you, find out more about all that you're doing, um, especially around, you know, think her ambition, everything like that. Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on Instagram. So it's at Lola with double A Ola. Um, I'm not active, but right now I'm just refiguring out what I want my branding to look like. So you can follow me on there. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. That's where I'm, I'm mainly at. So you can find me at Lola Lore there. I'll be launching my personal website soon as well. So I'll share that um, before you launch this as well. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And then you know, with Think Ambition, we are looking for individuals to support the cause and really push this in the great direction. The next step for Think Ambition is that we're really trying to um, enter the ed tech scene as well. So if you're an ed tech person, let me know and then message me. Uh, we're developing a prototype by the end of the year. And then next year, we'll be going out to investors or kind of clients who will purchase this product. Um, but no, if you're a company as well, who's looking to inspire the next generation of young women, you know, it's a 10 month program so you can also reach out to hear more about that as well amazing amazing thank you so much for joining me this is so much fun
this was so fun like this is my third, first podcast actually in oh, general wow. yeah and it's so crazy because today I have two more podcasts after this and I'm just like Ooh, what's going on from not in. being on a podcast to <laughs> now being on three in one day so and they're really excited I'm really excited to get like my public speaking back out there and engaging with other people um as well so yeah feel yeah. free to connect with me and if you ever want to reach out if you need to book me as a speaking gig feel free to do that as well <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you Did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the Career Clubhouse? You can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops. Check the links in the show notes for more info. As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.